Hi, I'm Leslie Woody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'm excited to be continuing with our Biblical Mindset series and diving into personality from a biblical perspective. So if you have heard people talk about personality tests or if you've taken them yourself, how do we look at that from a biblical perspective and how do we really glorify God in how we approach our unique personality? That's what we're going to unpack today. Before we jump in, I wanted to invite you to check out our website at ellerslie.com. If you are looking for a set-apart season to go deeper with Jesus, consider coming out to Colorado for a five-week or one-week training program. This is just a beautiful time to get away from the cares and stress of daily life, sit at the feet of Jesus, become grounded in truth, and connect with like-minded believers from all around the world. We have all ages and backgrounds, and it's just a really life-transforming experience. We only have a couple of spots left in our summer five-week program, but there's a fall five-week program as well as a week-long program towards the end of the summer we'd love to have you join us for. So click the link in this podcast description or go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Also, if you'd like to join us for our 2023 Set Apart Conference, that's happening June 14th through 16th in Colorado at the Ellerslie campus, or you can join us anywhere via simulcast, which is a great way to share the Set Apart message with women in your life. So click the link in this podcast description or go to setapartgirl.com for more information on that. Let's talk about biblical personality or personality from a biblical perspective. You've probably noticed that there is a lot of emphasis, a lot of popularity when it comes to personality testing and self-analyzing and looking at what makes you unique and how you're wired and what you're uniquely suited for, etc. And sometimes I found that it can be helpful to kind of know how you're wired or what your natural bent is. But often, and you may have noticed this too, personality tests and overanalyzing your personality can be a tripping point and it can cause us to become very self focused. And it can also cause us to limit what God can do through our lives. I've known a lot of missionaries who have been frustrated because those who come from America to serve overseas in a a missionary situation oftentimes have this grid where they'll say, well, I'm not willing to do this kind of work, or I'm not willing to do that kind of work because it doesn't fit with how I'm wired. It doesn't fit my unique personality. Now, of course, there's a balance there. We don't want to necessarily just dive headfirst into something that's not a good fit for us or something that we're not very well suited for. But if it's something that God has called us to, we can be sure that even if it doesn't seem like something we're naturally equipped for, he can supernaturally equip us for it. And a lot of times he is asking us to step out of our comfort zone and do something that maybe wouldn't be our first choice so that we can take that lowest place and serve and live that poured out life just as he did. When I look at the life of Jesus, I don't see someone who put limits around what the Father was asking him to do. He had unconditional availability to God, and he didn't run it through this grid of, well, I'm not really wired for that, or that's not really my preference, or I don't really have the desire to do that. He was constantly saying, not my will, but yours be done. I've talked to a lot of ministry leaders and missionaries who have said, we are longing for those who will come and serve on the field or serve in ministry and build the kingdom of God and willingly and gladly do whatever needs to be done, even if it doesn't fit their, quote, unique personality. 
So there is something to be said for understanding your personality, but there's also something to be said for kind of putting that aside and saying, I'm willing to take the lowest place. I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to serve even in capacities that I wouldn't have chosen for myself simply to bring glory to the name of Jesus. So I want to unpack those concepts a little bit more in this episode. First, I would like to highlight a few women from history, just brief moments from their lives. These are all women that I've talked about before on this podcast, but specifically when it has to do with personality or unique desires and laying those things down for the glory of God. The first one is Lillian Trasher. She started the first Christian orphanage in Egypt in the early 1900s. And her story is really interesting because she was very much career focused at a time when a lot of women weren't very career focused. She wanted to be an illustrator for a newspaper and she was a really talented artist. And she basically had a job in hand, but through an odd set of circumstances, there was a misunderstanding and she lost the job. And she decided to take that to God and really felt like God was saying, I want you to go in a different direction. So even though this was kind of her dream job, she had always trained for it. She was very suited for it, very gifted for it. God called her to go and work at an orphanage in the United States. And through that job, it was a job that didn't really pay very well at all. It was like this orphanage that was run by faith. So she had to trust God for all of her needs. And it wasn't really the type of job she had ever envisioned herself doing. It didn't really fit how she thought she was wired. And yet what she learned about the heart of God for those precious children in that situation, in that position was life-changing. And it completely changed the course and the direction of her life. She was no longer looking at her life through that grid of what do I want and what is my unique calling? and what do I want to get out of life and what's my dream? She laid all of that down and said, Lord, I'm available to you, even if it means stepping out of my comfort zone. And God began to put on her heart that she was to go overseas and be a missionary full time. She didn't even know where, but that decision led her to walk away from marrying a godly man that she was very drawn to. But God was saying, I've called you to a single life. I've called you to the life of a missionary. And she ended up, because she said yes to that calling and stepping out of her comfort zone and giving up things that she thought she wanted in order to find happiness, she ended up being such an incredible influence over the lives of 700 orphans that she raised and taught about the ways of God in Egypt and so many widows and so many people who would have died otherwise or would have ended up never knowing Christ. So I love that part of her story because she had just a tremendous impact for the glory of God. And so much of that came from just laying everything down and laying down her own desires and laying down how she thought she was wired and what she was wired for. So again, it doesn't mean that if you're wired for something specific, if you have a specific dream or bent, that God's going to just completely take you in the opposite direction. But the key is willingness. Are we willing to lay those things down? Are we willing to lay even those good dreams that we feel like he's given us, lay those back down at his feet and say, Lord, do with me what you will, even if it means this may not fit my unique personality or my unique style or my unique wants. We can always know that when we are in the perfect will of God, when we are following in his footsteps, when we are saying that unconditional, yes, Lord, we will have fulfillment and satisfaction, even if it looks different than something that we've planned for ourselves. 
Amy Carmichael is another one who was very talented, had so many opportunities in England to be a leader, to be a very prominent Christian, to be a speaker even in India when she first went there as a missionary. And God was constantly challenging her to lay those things down and do things that didn't really seem very well suited for someone with her gifts. She had to make a decision between traveling as an evangelist, a very popular speaker who would have been very well known and very appreciated, to serving helpless little babies. Many Many of them died. And so many people said, you know, this work is beneath you. You have all these gifts and talents. Why aren't you using them? And yet she ended up having one of the greatest impacts that any missionary has ever had in the country of India. And the lives of these children were forever changed because she was willing to lay down what she felt suited for, to say yes to what God had called her to. Lilius Trotter is another one that I've talked about before. She had the opportunity to be a very well-known painter and artist, and she was also wealthy. So she could have had not only wealth and comfort, but fame and fortune and renown. She laid all of that down and went to serve in the slums of Algeria. And she was there for, I think it was 40 years, most of her life, and gave up what everybody said, why would you walk away from that? That you're clearly built for this specific job, which is to paint art and create beauty and be in high society. And she said, I've been called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and I cannot pursue those things and give my life fully to Jesus. So she chose obscurity, and yet her impact was truly eternal. If you want to know more about Lilius Trotter, the documentary called Many Beautiful Things is very well worth watching. It kind of goes through that whole process in detail. Another woman that I've talked about in recent podcasts was my great-grandmother, Ida. She lived on the farm during the Depression. She was raising eight children. And she was so outward. Everyone looked at her as just one who always served, who was always available. And she would go and deliver babies. She would go into houses where people were really sick and quarantined, where no one else wanted to go. And the way my grandfather described her, his mother, when he thought about memories of her, he said that she was you know, in the midst of very hard living conditions, didn't have electricity, didn't have any modern conveniences, didn't have anything that would really give her comfort. And yet she was so happy. She was always going about her tasks, just emanating joy. And she would be willing to drop everything to serve someone in the community who was sick or who needed something. And yet she was so fulfilled and it probably never even crossed her mind to take a personality test or wonder if she was doing what she was uniquely suited for. And I love that, that she had so much joy because her whole entire focus was on being available to God and serving others. And she was radiant. And my grandfather told me stories about her when he was quite old. So her joy had an impact on her children even years and years and years after she was gone. It wasn't through strategy or ambition or personality tests or self-analyzing that these women fulfilled God's calling upon their lives and impacted the world so powerfully. Rather, it was like these women became as a grain of wheat willingly falling to the ground and dying, as it says in John 12, 24, so that their lives could produce fruit for the glory of God. And as daughters of the King, this is what I believe our ultimate purpose is, to let our life become swallowed up in Jesus, to let him take over our existence and conform us to his image, to let our lives be poured out as a fragrant offering to him, to live out Jesus' words for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
We've talked before in other episodes about that verse that says the incorruptible beauty of a quiet spirit is very precious in the sight of God. And we often think of being quiet in that verse, meaning just being mousy and silent and not saying anything, but it actually means to keep self or flesh quiet, to no longer draw attention to ourselves, but let Jesus be seen and heard through our lives. And that principle or that character quality can be seen in any type of personality. You can have an outgoing, friendly personality or a talkative personality and still have the incorruptible beauty of a quiet spirit. The key is getting out of the way and letting Jesus be seen in and through your life. So one of the dangers in being so obsessed with your own unique personality is that you become obsessed with shining self versus shining Christ. And the Christian life is all about getting self out of the way so that Christ shines through us. Christ life lives through us. That doesn't mean our unique personality goes away. He made us unique for a reason, and he gave us the personality that he did for a reason, but he doesn't intend us to focus on who we are or what makes us unique, but who we are in him. And our confidence shouldn't come from knowing who we are, knowing how we're wired, and knowing what our personality is. It should come from the reality that we are in Christ, and in Christ we are loved by the King of all kings. We are chosen by the King of all kings. We are valued. We are called. We are redeemed. We are treasured daughters of the King, and that's where our security should come from, not not from anything we have within ourselves. Elizabeth Elliot said, the world looks for happiness through self-assertion. The Christian knows that joy is found in self-abandonment. If a man will let himself be lost for my sake, Jesus said, he will find his true self. And true self is very much of a buzz phrase in our world today, both in the church and in the culture. And yet our true selves, as Jesus said, can really only be found when we get out of the way and make our lives all about him. And so when God overtakes your personality, your personality doesn't go away. You don't become a robot. Obviously, he is a very creative God and he made all of us so unique. And he gives each of us different gifts, different leanings, different bents. And he doesn't always just throw us into a situation that we feel very not suited for. But at the same time, when we're willing to say, Lord, I'm not putting boundaries on what you can do through me. I'm fully available to you. And I'm not going to focus on who I am, but who I am in you. That's when God can really begin to work through our lives in powerful ways. It's so important that we come away from the ideas in the world that we're surrounded by that constantly tell us to follow our heart and fulfill our destiny and reach our full potential. Those messages are everywhere from on lipstick commercials to Disney songs to cereal boxes. Everywhere you look, even home decor, you're going to see those messages. And even people in our life who really mean well often will encourage us to do whatever makes us happy or be the person we want to be. And in this world, we are so preoccupied with finding out who we are and uncovering our true destiny. It's really easy to become distracted by personal fulfillment and self-discovery. And we get preoccupied with questions like, how am I unique? And what kind of life will most satisfy me? And those things often direct our daily choices and our life decisions. But as we've been talking about God prescribes a totally different pattern for finding our life's purpose and discovering true fulfillment, and it's not going to be found in just a personality test. The Apostle Paul, quote, reached his full potential according to human standards. He did everything that he was meant to do according to the world's standards. He was, you know, he had reached the pinnacle of being a Pharisee and he was regarded and respected, but it didn't bring him happiness and it didn't help him to truly discover his God given destiny. 
destiny. Rather, he had to actually come to the place of counting all of his personal achievements as rubbish and to suffer the loss of everything he had worked for and dreamed of for so many years. His reason for that was this, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, and that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. There is no greater fulfillment or purpose that we can ever find than knowing who our king is and being shaped into his likeness, not just discovering who we are, but being shaped into his likeness. And this is the Christian's true destiny. All personal pursuits and achievements are worthless in light of that great privilege. So I encourage you to ask yourself, have I been looking to the wrong source to guide my decisions and define my life's purpose, my personal dreams, my ambitions, my desires, my unique personality. I'd like to share with you two ways to begin embracing a Christ-centered focus for your destiny and your purpose rather than a self-centered human focus. And the first one is we need to yield our uniqueness to Christ. As I said earlier, it's obvious that God has given each of us unique talents and desires and abilities and personalities, but he gives us those gifts so that we can surrender them back to him because only then can they be used for his glory. It's really easy to cling tightly to your individuality because we often believe that unless we're doing something that specifically caters to our personality and talents, we are wasting our potential and being robbed of the opportunity to, quote, be all that we can be. In fact, we often see it as our God-given right and even our duty to pursue a path that will maximize our unique strengths. But God's ways are very different from ours. Jesus' quote, unique strengths were not maximized during his earthly ministry. He didn't come to earth as a king arrayed in heavenly glory, even though that's who he is. He came as a lowly baby in a manger, born into a very poor family. And instead of being surrounded by royal fanfare, he lived as a simple carpenter. Instead of being treated as the Lord of heaven and earth, he chose to take the position of a humble servant and wash the feet of those who were not worthy to unloose the strap of his sandal. And in all of these things, Jesus left us an example that we should follow in his steps, says then in 1 Peter 2.21. He willingly chose to lay down his right to getting applause and esteem, and he chose to make himself of no reputation. That's the very same attitude that he has called us to have. Now, God may choose to utilize our unique personality or talents in order to build his kingdom, but it's also important to realize that he's only going to do that when we have completely surrendered those things to him. As long as we cling to the quote, right, to have our talents maximized and our uniqueness catered to, we're going to stand in the way of God getting glory out of our lives. So often he asks us to go through a season where our personal talents are hidden, unnoticed, unrecognized, and unappreciated, and our unique personality doesn't seem to be maximized so that we can learn to be all about his glory instead of our own. If you think about Paul spending 12 years hidden in Arabia and Moses tucked away on the backside of the desert for 40 years, both of those men had a very profound and specific calling on their lives, but before they could really be useful for God's purposes, they had to lay down every ounce of personal confidence and ambition and even get to the point where Everything they leaned on within themselves and their own achievements and personality traits were kind of pushed off to the side. They were willing to be unrecognized and unseen and have their talents wasted and their strengths overlooked. And only when they had willingly become nobodies in the world's eyes did God choose to work mightily through them to progress his kingdom and alter the course of history. 
I've shared before that when I was in my teen years, my dream was to be a Christian musician. I was a singer and songwriter, and I built my life around opportunities to showcase my unique abilities. And I found myself shying away from things that didn't serve that dream. For example, why would I spend time serving elderly people in my church or helping my family around the house when I could be performing on stage and writing new songs? Something was a little off track in my reasoning, but I had become convinced that if I was cultivating my talents, I was bringing glory to God. And yet I was overlooking things that were right in front of me that didn't cater to my whims or desires or personality or talents, but they were opportunities to become more like Jesus. When I surrendered my life to Christ, he asked me to lay those musical pursuits on the altar, and I walked away from opportunities to be noticed and recognized. I learned how to play my songs in secret as worship to him. I learned how to spend my time serving and not striving to be noticed. And at first it was really hard to let go of those dreams and allow my talent to remain hidden, but soon it became a great joy to surrender that gift back to the one who had given it to me in the first place. And after several years, God gave that music back to me to share with others, but it was only after my motives were purified and I cared about his glory and not my own. I would encourage you to ask God to show you any areas in which you might be clinging to your right to be noticed for your strengths and talents and personality. Are you willing to lay those things down and take the lowest place as Jesus did? Jesus said that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Only when it dies will it be able to produce lasting fruit. And God can give us grace to walk that path, and that's when we step into our true destiny. Another practical is to learn how to ask the right question. One of the enemy's most subtle tactics among women today is to get us distracted with self-analyzing. The question, who am I, is one of the top concerns in our minds. We take elaborate personality tests, we go to career counselors, we cultivate special hobbies, we build up our social media following, we gobble down self-help books in an effort to discover and express who we are. But in doing all of these things, oftentimes we become preoccupied with the wrong question. As daughters of the king, we are not supposed to be concerning ourselves with who we are. Our focus should be centered around a completely different question, who is he? Who is Jesus? When we know who Jesus is and we understand what it means to be found in him, then the question, who am I, is automatically solved. He is the vine, we are the branches, and without him, our lives will amount to nothing, as it says in John 15, 5. Only when our identity becomes wrapped up in Jesus Christ and not in ourselves can we become the set-apart women he has called us to be. Love this quote from Ian Thomas, and I'm sure I've shared it with you before in other episodes, but it's worth revisiting every week if we need to. The Christian life can only be explained in terms of Jesus Christ. And if your life as a Christian can still be explained in terms of you, your personality, your willpower, your gift, your talent, your money, your courage, your scholarship, your dedication, your sacrifice, or your anything, then although you may have the Christian life, you are not yet living it. If you have been seeking your identity in anything outside of Jesus Christ, including your own personality, ask him for the grace to shift your focus, fix your gaze back upon him, find your strength in him, build your life around him. If you truly know who he is and who you are in him, you will understand who you are and what your destiny is and what your purpose is. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. God has a tremendous purpose for your life. He created you uniquely the way he did for a reason. 
And yet, oftentimes that reason is more simple than we realize. The old hymn says it very beautifully, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I believe that when we come to Jesus with a heart of true surrender, we lay our personal dreams, our personality, our unique desires, all of those things at his feet, and declare, do with me what you will, that is when we will find our ultimate purpose in him. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into what it means to live a set-apart life for Christ, visit us at setapartgirl.com and check out the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.